DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to bring in Craig Bullerjack. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Bowler, good morning. David James, Patrick Kinahan. How are you? Good. So I'm curious, Bowler, now that you've seen the Nuggets wipe out another 3-1 to playoff deficit and advance again, are you a... Oh, a little more at peace with what happened to Jazz. Like, well, the Nuggets are really good, and the deeper they go, the better the Jazz are, which means the closer they are to doing something awesome next year. Or, B, oh, man, that could have been the Jazz. Total blown opportunity. Gah! Yeah. Which one of those yeah. is more more on point for you? Well, you know, I mean, it's – it's. Um, I don't know what the Clippers are thinking, but I'm sure Sports Talk Radio blew up because that team was uh, – you know, supposedly built to win it all, um, but even though Paul George denied that, I thought that was an interesting post game comment. Getting getting back to the Jazz, I mean, it's 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 an opportunity blown. There, there's no question about it. Bogdanovich would have made a difference. I I, I am a believer in that, but um, it's a lesson. It's a lesson learned, uh, not once but twice in the West. Uh, Denver just seems to be a team that doesn't panic, and they seem to play better from behind. I know that's crazy, but uh, they lull you to sleep, and then they hit you hard in second half, and that's what they did to the Clippers. I, I, I don't know what you guys thought, but I, I saw some disinterest. I saw some disconnect. Paul George you know, walked off without even congratulating the Nuggets. Kawhi Lee stayed. I'm not sure if that – that chemistry is um, all it's meant to be. I mean, that's the danger of putting together super teams, right? You know, you bring in uh, another all-star, but really, do they do they fit? Uh, do they have the same uh, goal in mind? I'm not sure. I saw that with the Clippers. Uh, but hey, give it give credit to Denver. This team is together. They they're on track. Uh, they score. They make tough shots, and you know, you get a big fella like uh, Jokovic who can go triple double in the first half. You know, a lot of good things are going to happen. That guy's very versatile, and uh, maybe he's put uh, you know some of their some of his uh, criticisms uh, to rest as well. The guy can play, and he's a great pick and roll, um, you know, offensive threat. I mean, the guy he picks you apart. It's it's pretty impressive. It really is. So it's a it's a real interesting dynamic there because Paul George was talking about hey. You know, we were put together here. You had the two top parts come in and the first time playing together. And so he was saying, let's see about next year. And some may view that as a cop-out to a degree. But when you look at the Jazz, and they had a lot of new parts this year. You know, Mitchell and Gobert and, and Joe were retained and all that. But then you add in... Bogdanovich and Conley, and you know Conley's. Uh, uh, what am I looking for? A de- uh, integration, I guess, was not the smoothest thing. And then he, you know, gets injured and comes back, plays well, and then there's the break, and then they've got to start over in a sense because they don't have Bogdanovich, who was such a critical part. So they never really got, if you look at the season in its entirety, a consistent flow of their guys hitting. Well, then you look at Denver, and their guys, yeah, they're basically the same team. And Porter is new, but the nucleus of the team is the same. 
And so you wonder, you know, how much did that play in just that Jamal Murray and Jokic and, and their guys have been playing together? Not a long time, but longer than the Jazz and the Clippers have been playing together. And you wonder how much of a difference did that make in the series, particularly with the Jazz, which was literally a bucket that was darn near in being the difference between winning and losing the series. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, you know, it's uh, it was a, it could have maybe been a a four zero, um, you know, but it didn't happen that way. And then they, they they learned, I guess. PK, I know people get tired of hearing that. It's a process. We hear that all the time from coaches. Uh, you know, obviously, here we go with discussing next season, whenever that occurs. Did they? What did they learn? And how much more um, <clears throat> did they get tougher? Uh, and then integrating Bogdanovich back in, right? Um, you make a great point about Conley, uh, about the integration of him coming here. I thought, again, I've said it before, and I say it again, I thought he'd make a quicker transition, but he didn't. He had 12 years with Memphis, Quinn Snyder's offense. I think it's much more complicated, more ball handlers. And so uh, the injury then comes, and then he plays well. Up to uh, the uh, after the All Star break, up to COVID, the, the stoppage of COVID nineteen, and then you know leaves to, for the birth of his son, and then you, you, here we go. We're you know it's a st- staccato season, right? Stop, go, stop, go, stop, go, and then there's moments you saw him play very well. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting off season, and uh, you know I'm sure it's going to be interesting for Denver too because they've gained a lot of confidence, and I'm just saying, Jokovic has impressed me. I wasn't real sure about, you know, his skill set. You lost the weight. He came in. He's more focused and seems to be in total jive with uh, what Jamal Murray's doing. The guy can hit some shots. The guy's a flat-out shooter. Uh, you know, drops 40 in Game 7. Tells me he's on, you know, on track for, you know, standing on the big stage. Do they win a championship? You know, I'm still not convinced they get past the Lakers in the West, but the way this bubble works, I don't know what's going to happen. The Heat come back and take one against Boston. So it's, um, if you like, I guess the word would be 2PK. If you, if you want surprises and you want to see parity in the NBA, maybe the bubble's allowed that to happen, right? Because it, there's no home court advantage. So I'm not sure if this all happens. If this, these games were played in at Staples Center versus, you know, Denver, back and forth, back and forth. But I think we're seeing a lot of things that we didn't expect. And for me, it's it's fun to watch uh, to see who actually is going to survive this, this three-month uh, challenge in the bubble. Well, you make it sound like you don't completely buy the Nuggets going forward. Even if there's a bubble impact and bubble effect in this, uh, as good as the Nuggets look, just the eyeball test when your your two top players are twenty three and twenty five, I just I just figure we're we're going to be seeing the Nuggets in the playoffs for the next five years unless something unforeseen happens. Why wouldn't these guys have a pretty good run here? I know I know the further you get out and they need a team around them. I know the further you get out, the harder it gets to predict and crazy stuff happens. But man, when you guys are twenty three and twenty five. And you're looking like this, even if they have gotten a little fortunate to win because of the bubble, like they're they're set up to be in the mix. Oh, I wouldn't disagree. 
uh, at all. I guess the only factor I have is the, the LeBron factor. Been there, done that, and how bad does he want it? And, you know, again, finding out the chemistry with Anthony Davis. Uh, I've never been that sold on the bench of the Lakers, the depth, because the starters, there's a lot of, obviously, pressure for them to score, much like the Clippers. Uh, but uh, Caruso has played better than expected in the bubble, and Kuzma's been pretty solid, too, off the bench. So, you know, they may have the combination to, to do it. But Denver, to your point, is on an incredible roll of confidence and right now, they're, they they may not care who they play. And I don't think they fear losing a game or two in this whole process. Obviously, uh, they've done it twice now, coming back from 3-1, which is unheard of. I mean, you know, I, I tell you, when Michael Porter Jr. complained about Mike Malone, I thought that would tear that team apart, right? Um, didn't Malone, you know, Malone seemed to hold together and um, – the rest of the team just seemed to put that aside. And, you know, controversy sometimes would, you know, kind of pop the bubble, so to speak. But instead, it, it maybe it motivated them. And I guess Michael Porter Jr. saw what his role would be, what he played 15 minutes in game game seven. So I, I'm impressed. I mean, you have to say, for Mike Malone to be able to keep that team together and focus says a lot about his abilities, for sure. As far as the Jazz perspective go. You know, it's never a, it never ends. You're you're constantly building. I've been saying that for a long time. The jobs of those management folks never end. You know, Dennis Dennis, Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck were on a conference call. What was it last week? I think it was. Yes. And uh, the, the insight that I took was Dennis on Gobert. We talked about it at length. We didn't get a chance to talk to you about it last week, so bring it up now. Where he spoke about Gobert. And he felt like there was a change, and he was he said that, that, what was it three things DJ uh, that he didn't uh, walking up his... walking up on the refs. Yeah. They did not yeah. like that. It is clear now. He complimented Gobert on how he handled himself in the bubble. It made it clear that before that they really didn't like. He was doing it, and they didn't like it, and they must have talked to him about it. And then uh, going back to the huddle. Uh, instead of always having a tip for his teammate and always telling him what he should be doing, he's just going back to the huddle and, and mm-hmm. leaving all that alone and not wearing out the other guys. And he complimented on that. What he basically said, you guys talk about what you see, which is normal, right? That's natural. But there were things we were looking for that we didn't see that we liked that we didn't see them. You know, they, there was stuff they wanted to right. go away. And I think unsaid under this is the fact that, hey, we've already given this guy a lot of money. And he's doing stuff we don't like. If we give him a lot more money, what else are we going to get that we don't like, right? Is he going to be coachable when he has long-term security and big-time off-the-charts money? Is he going to be coachable? And the answer they seem to be giving us is, yeah, we think he is. And so, to me, that meant that the odds of him re-signing on a Supermax or something close to a Supermax, if he agreed to take less, the odds seemed to be going up or they wouldn't be complimenting in public like that. Right, right. No, that's a great point. You know, that conversation was intriguing. And, um, you know, when you point out some flaws, but yet you say that he's improved, I think they're, they're spot on about the complaining to the officials. It's pretty much ongoing at times. It had improved some, yes, but it also keeps the – uh, one of the top defenders, if not the best defender in the league, getting back to play what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to defend, right? And a lot of times those conversations and the complaints about the no call on the offensive end can wear you out. 
So, you know, the Supermax uh, commitment, guys, is, 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 is huge. I mean, beyond that, because it's a, it's a franchise changer with Mike Conley at $32 million and Donovan going to get his max deal. The Jazz have got to be sure that Rudy Gobert is all in and is coachable because we've seen it with other players around the league. Security, you know, sometimes makes you deaf, right? Because, look, uh, I'm, a, I'm a two-time defender. I'm, I'm another NBA, you know, third-team selection um, you know, what else do you want to, you know, uh, what am I, what else am I going to learn? You know, I still look at the, the common, the comparisons between Jokic and, and Rudy. And I think it's, it's pretty obvious that the offensive side, or let's just say the versatility on the offensive side is, is much, uh, leaning to the Jokic side, right? I think you'll agree three point shot, mid range shot, the ability to float one home where Rudy is most dominant at the rim and the pass has to be perfect. Turnovers occur when Rudy doesn't make the catch or the ball isn't perfect. So, you know, again, the max deal only goes to just a few players, the super max, pardon me, in this league. And I think the Jazz have really got to just be careful to make sure the investment is going to be worth, uh, you know, a five-year commitment. Um, It's going to be intriguing to see where they go. And if the Millers uh, agree and actually want to stretch potentially past the cap into the luxury level um, and keep this team together as it is. And if they can add another defender or another guy with an edge right off the bench uh, who still has that ability also to score and be productive. Now that's a tough, tough call, man, handing out that oh, kind huge. of dough because yeah, <laughs> just you, you, not just that. You know, you're giving him the money, and you're going. The the thing, the reality is, you're going to spend the money, whether it's divvied up one way or however many ways you divvy it up. But when you give, so the money's going to be spent either way, right? That's that's the point there. But when you give that money to one guy, uh, boy, you just really better hope because then. You just hit your wagon to him, and then it becomes very, very difficult to trade. If, oh, you, you really can't cut loose from that. You, you're stuck. It's like a marriage, man. And I know, like, for my wife, you know, once she said I do, I don't think she had any idea all the crap she was going to have to deal with. <laughs> oh, that's probably true, man, for all of us, right? Yeah, like, really? I was going to say nobody, nobody does. <laughs> this is the deal? Are you kidding me? Uh, but no, PK, your, your comment, man, about the marriage is spot on. I mean, you know, there was always talk when Karolinko got the big, the big, yeah. big money after Carl and John. <clears throat> you know, it, it it can freeze a franchise in the sense of movement. And so you make a great point. Even though you spend the money, do you get three for one? I mean, that's where you and do those three players give you more depth and also versatility and also the other really the conversation we've discussed but again no one really knows except the two players is can donovan and rudy over the next five years achieve um the ultimate goal of a title or make incredible runs at it like carl and john did uh, but also you know sloan and i think Coach Snyder has made hints. Look, you don't have to be the best of friends, and is you know the kumbaya line that's always used about you know, you know just sitting there smoking the peace pipe. But but can you can you be the dominant uh, 
players you need to be on the floor without having issues. If you do have issues off the floor, can you still uh, produce at that type of expense? And that's another thing they have to understand. I mean, I'm sure they're going to talk to Donovan about the whole process, right, about chemistry. I mean, that's part of you know how, how superstars become superstars when management understands their needs, too, and what makes them happy. So who do you pick in discussing those issues? I mean, Donovan obviously is one of the young talents in this league, as is Gobert, but you said hitch the wagon. You know, I mean, do you hitch it against behind Donovan or do you hitch it behind Rudy? And do both those players understand who the Jazz are leaning on the most? I mean, that's, to me, an interesting conversation uh, because I think Kawhi and L.A. and Paul George, uh, though brought in to make instant impact, and then Paul, Paul George says, nah, you know what, not really this year. Really? I mean, I would think a guy who just won an NBA championship in Kawhi and Paul George, who's on the search, they thought they had the chemistry or the, the talent to do so. Um, in my opinion, I thought it was a an odd and surprising statement by Paul George personally, but maybe they're right. Maybe they didn't expect to even get this far. I don't know. I, I did. I think everyone else did in the league as well. All eyes were on L.A., right? Both the, Cav- uh, the Cavs, the, the Clippers – and and the Lakers, but uh, man, it's it's a tough thing to do to be in this business, even more so nowadays with uh, the money that's available and the star power that can impact a team and direct a team. And you know, the Jazz, I think, have done a good job holding their own franchise together. And Quinn Snyder, Jerry Sloan, they were in charge of how those players reacted and responded to many things. And you know, Quinn. Man, he's in his sixth year. Uh, you know, he's waded uh, through a lot of storms, and I witnessed it, you know, in Oklahoma City on March 11th. Uh, he took over and, and took command of what this team had to do, and I applaud him. And I, I see him still very much uh, a, a big part of moving forward with uh, Gobert and, and Donovan. Well, Bowler, we could keep this conversation going, but we got to go to break. But we appreciate the time and uh, food food for thought for everyone as the Jazz uh, decide what their next move is. Uh, it's it's huge. It's a, you know we say don't we? It's every summer. It's always well now it's fall. <laughs> yeah. But every every year is going to be a big off season, and it it really is for every team in this league. That 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 statement never wears itself out because you're close. You see progress, but what's the next step or the piece? that you need. We won't know what Bogdanovich would have done for the Jazz in the bubble, right? But you can always think about it. Uh, but boy, I'd like to see a team stay healthy throughout. And that's really a key for a title run. Can you stay healthy through 82 plus? So we'll see when we start to play again. At least we know when draft night is. And Now we wait to see when free agency and we wait to see uh, when the Jazz and the NBA get back at it in 21. So um, I can't wait. A lot of things are going to happen between now and then. Good to hear you guys. Thanks so much, man.